Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. So, this is the real exciting part of this service where I get to talk about and give you a brief introduction of what's to come. So we've got tag teams, we've got Lynn Tan. Woo, let's give it up for Lynn. Yeah, we big up the gift of God that's inside you, Lynn. And then following that, we've got Pastor Ali getting up as well. Um, we've got a preaching series that's starting today. Uh, we've got six different topics that we are covering over the next three weeks. Um, it's something different, but it's something very exciting. So um, there's going to be two people getting up. This week, we've got Lynn and Ali. Lynn's going to be doing the first session, and she's going to be talking about walking versus working with God. She's even got some scales, looks. It's going to be exciting. I'm not going to meddle with them. But the, we've got props. I think Sosa started off a bit of a, a craze now. We've got to have props on the stage, so no pressure for us lot preaching. And then we've got Ali following on. Um, hitting the ground running after Lynn's kind of pioneered. She's planted, and then Ali comes on and moves with that energy as well, speaking about the organization that creates strength and depth. So what this series is, it's something that's been on... It's something we've been talking about in the leadership over the last 18 months. So just to give you a bit of background before I kind of outlay what's to come. 18 months ago, Ali and I were on the sunbed in Cape Verde, and we were talking about... It, uh, well, we, 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 were, we were cuddling up. We were on a sunbed together. It was the same one. It was. It was a double bed. There you go. So the anointing came from that, that moment. No, it really didn't. But we were watching um, a video. Ali was watching a video. And we're both passionate about kind of structures and systems. I'm in business, and I'm chatting to him about the different structures and stuff. And this video appeared. God bought this video from Dr. Radke, uh, and it was talking about systems and processes, which to some people might not be a sexy word, but it's, if we're going to plant, if we're going to scale, the only way to grow is to change, is to innovate, is to scale, is to, is to broaden, and if we're going to do that in our own strength with what we're doing now, we're going to burn out, and we're going to struggle. So that's why I believe God has laid this upon our heart. Over the last 18 months, we've been discussing it in the senior leadership team. We've been working our way through it on how we can implement it. We've actually already been kind of implementing this in the background in the evening service team, which has been really good. The clear heads up, which has been fantastic. Um, also in the ELT, which is the executive leadership team. Um, we're kind of starting to outwork it in the dream teams as well. It's, it's going to be really good, and it's going to be more efficient. And when I was talking about this word efficient, it sounds a bit boring like we're at work in the corporate world, but efficiency means, it means for things to, to move more streamlined, to make things easier. And we all like the word easier, don't we? We don't want to work hard for the sake of working hard. So efficiency means working smarter, which is very, very, very good. So over the next three weeks, we've got two sessions a week. As I say, we've got Lynn and Ali today. Week two, we've got session one with Kathy, and she's going to be going through the team process, which is maximizing efficiency, what I've just been talking about. Then we've got SOFs on session two, which is the competencies for... It's clear. Okay, it's changed. So we've got clear. 
talking about the competencies for the dream team, which is, which is fantastic, making things work streamlined. Week three, last but very not least, we've got the Pastor Kate Kemp talking about commitments to one another because as we grow, as we're working hard and we're, we're planting out, you know, we, we've got to be right with each other. We've got to know how we all click with each other. And then session two, a very last session, I'm going to be preaching on mantras and mindsets basically setting the culture because when things do get tough we need a couple of slogans we need a couple of mantras that we can live by that are from the lord himself so without further ado that's what is coming let's get the woman of god linton let's give her a round of applause morning welcome welcome online do you know what worship didn't think I was going to be able to get up then I found it so emotional um, so we've got some scales here this morning because I want to show us that there's often a lot of things that we need to balance out in life to achieve the results that we want to achieve in our health for instance we have to exercise um, exercise with rest too much exercise and we burn out, not enough exercise and our muscles lose their strength and we struggle to walk up just a short flight of stairs without getting out of breath. You know, we have to balance our food. We have protein, carbs, fruits and vegetables and we have to mix all of those to be as healthy as we want to do. Live off just one or two and we lack all the nutrients we need to be healthy. And it's very easy for us in life to have preferences and to lean into one thing more than another. And it's the same in our Christian walk. You know, there are many Christian concepts and behaviors that have to be balanced out for us all to be as spiritually healthy and as fit as we want to be. And it's equally possible to have spiritual preferences and to lean into one thing at the cost of another. It's equally possible to be blissfully unaware that there's even a balance that needs to be had in some situations. You know, in his book, I Believe in the Church by David Watson, he writes this powerful phrase after observing that some churches focus on the word and some churches focus on the spirit at the cost of another. So he said this, all word and no spirit we dry up, all spirit and no word we blow up, both word and spirit and we grow up. You know, it's so true, isn't it? God is both word and spirit and so are we. You know, we may prefer to dig into the word or we may prefer to camp in the spirit, but we need to give them both equal attention if we're going to go properly. You know, what I've learned for myself is from Micah 6, verse 8. It says, what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Three actions Put together in one statement, they're only separated by a comma. They're meant to be together. Uh, three statements 
that we need to put together to please God. No, to act justly. We both love just... um, Thank you. Um, We all love justice. We find it easy to get on our soapboxes, don't we? But God says balance justice with mercy. Mercy is when we don't give people the punishment they deserve. So justice will say, off with their heads. Mercy will say, hang on a minute. Is there a more humane way of sorting this out? And then he says, walk humbly. Walking humbly means that when we look at a situation, we may say, you know, there but for the grace of God go I. A different turn, a wrong decision, and I could be doing that. Rather than standing in judgment, saying, tut, tut. You know, if we don't balance justice, we can become very harsh and legalistic. And getting balance requires a bit more work, but it's absolutely essential if we're not going to be one-sided And it means we stand a chance of being like Christ on the earth. So today I'm going to share one of these balancing acts. Two acts that need to be actions that need to be held in tension. As Simon said, two actions that set the foundation for this dream team training. Our walk with God and our work with God. So our discipleship... It's not just spiritual, it's practical. James tells us that faith without works is dead. And we're going to look at these scriptures from the Message Bible. It says, do I hear you professing to believe in the one and only God, but then observe you complacently sitting back as if you've done something wonderful? That's just great. Demons do that. But what good does it do them? Use your heads. Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? The Living Bible puts it this way, verse 20. Fool, when will you learn that believing is useless without doing what God wants you to do? Faith that does not result in good deeds is not real faith. This is kingdom business. And today we're looking at balancing faith and work so we realize that both are vital to us as believers. It's going to help us understand the dream team and how being part of it can massively help us literally work out our salvations. You know, it may seem today that the church in the West has put an emphasis on our walk with God. And by this, I mean our every spirit, everyday spiritual disciplines, such as prayer, fasting, reading scriptures. But we can't substitute this for not doing what God actually wants us to do. Scripture takes it seriously. And James emphasized this. He says, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. The commandment to live out our Christian walk in the general sense is clear to see. Now I'm just going to, not that you need convincing, I'm sure of this, but I'm just to get balance, I'm going to read out five scriptures about our walk with God. So the first is 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 
It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Seeing is a natural necessity for navigating the world, and faith is a spiritual necessity for navigating the world. Our second scripture says, from Galatians, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. God's Spirit protects us from ourselves, from giving in to the flesh. It's important. Next, we've got Genesis 6, 9. It says that Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah wasn't a one-hit wonder. He walked with God the whole of his life. And there was none that exemplified relationship with God like him. So much so that when humans became so wild and depraved, he saved only Noah and his family. They were the only people that went in the ark. Our final scripture is 2 John 1.6. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. Well, I've got a little, oh, this is a walk with God. I'm going to put it on these scales. So that's walk. You know, I love, love, love my walk with God. Uh, my quiet times in the morning have grown and grown over the years. I absolutely love it. As soon as I get down in the morning, I grab a coffee and I'm either writing in here. This is where I record my Bible in the year scriptures. Or I'm writing in here. This is where I put pieces of revelation and teaching I acquire um, in here. This is where I'm writing things about evangelism, <laughs> Rob. Or in these three little books, because we're just exploring some teaching in chicks that I wanted to expound about. You know, when I run, I always, always listen to worship. Blesses my socks off. I think it actually helps me run faster as well. And when you and I walk in the evenings, we walk as many times as we're free in the evening, we always pray. So our walk with God is absolutely essential. I love it. I don't need convincing of walking with God. Because what I've realized is that when I walk with God, the longer I walk and the deeper I walk, the more and more alive I become. But I've realized my walk with God makes me alive. But my walk, work with God helps others to be alive. And that's why it's vital we hold the two in tension. Walking with God is about me. Working with God is about other people. So let's see some scriptures that balances this out so we can see that our work with God is just as scriptural as our walk with God. So the first scripture we've got is Genesis 2.15. And it says, the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So God first made man as a human being in relationship with him. But then straight away told him in essence to also be a human doing. God created Adam as his first child and then out of relationship, because he loved him so much, he gave him a purpose to work the land. 
Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And here, the New Testament echoes the old in making sure that works are firmly at the forefront. Ephesians 4.12 says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. And this is talking about the job of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the teacher is to equip you and me to do our work for God as best we can. 1 Corinthians 3.9 says, For we are co-workers in God's service. Yet God is ultimately building his church, but he calls you and I to do it with him and through him as co-workers, just like he did with Christ. And then finally, I've got Matthew 25, verse 23. Well done, good and faithful servant. Our eternal rewards are based on our earthly works. You know, when we do good things for God in his name and for his glory, we get rewarded. Don't we all want to hear that at the end of our days? Well done, good and faithful servant. So our work is where we practice what we preach. It's where we bring life to others or help bring life to others. It's the everyday outworking of the internal beliefs that we hold. You know, this might mean parking cars, serving teas, teaching children, operating the cameras, greeting visitors, praying prayers or stacking chairs. And it's not just here in our services that we do our work with God. There's so much more that happens outside of these few hours in a service. We have, I'm going to have to take a deep breath for this because there's so much, a toddler group to help out, small groups to lead, courses to deliver, activity groups to run, people to mentor, events to set up, designs to create, photographs to take, events to administer, street evangelism to be a part of, ministries to run, charities to support, finance to support, and so much more. So much there, isn't there? But there is somewhere for all of us, every single one of us, to find our sweet spot when it comes to gifting. God has created every single person as a human being, for sure. But we've also got the capacity to be a human doing. And there's a mix of gifting and ability in every single one of us. And no matter how good or bad you think you are, how much experience or inexperience you may have, the bottom line is that if any one person is not engaging in the work that God's called them to do, then the church is not functioning to the level that God intends. It can't. You're not here. Something's not here and something's missing. And there are certainly certainly seasons in life where we can't serve and we can't commit as much as we'd like to. You know, poor health can restrict us. God knows that. And so do we. But the end goal, the end goal 
is that we're all built up in our faith so we can reach out to the lost and we can take as many people with us into the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. Eternal life is a precious, precious gift. And the part you play in that is just as important as anyone else's. So I'm going to cl conclude this now. You know, the reason we do weeks two and three of the growth track is to help you practically engage in the church. We don't do this to recruit you. We do it to discover you. To discover what God has put in you and to help you discover where you put that in the earth. Yeah, I had a bit of a moment in worship when we sang in that God, he, he parts the seas and then he holds our hands and leads us into the promised land. You know, I, I came into this church nearly 10 years ago. Next year, it's 10 years. Can you believe that? Ten, almost 10 years ago, God parted some seas for me to come into this church and he didn't just hold my hand at times, because I, I, I felt useless and rubbish and who, I'm nobody and who's me and, and all of that, which we all feel at times. God didn't just lead me through these waters. He was literally pulling my hand. He was like, come on, because there was a danger these seas were just going to come crashing over me. And it was because he wanted me to discover all that he had and it's just the most exciting experience. This isn't about recruiting you. This is about you discovering you and discovering that amazing journey that God has for you. And in your nervousness and insecurity and doubts, want to allow those waters to wash over you. But God's going to pull you through. Allow him to pull you through. It's for your good. It's for your good. How am I doing on time? Am I there? I can't. Um, so, I would just add to this conclusion then that focusing on our walk with God, which is where we started. <gasps> I didn't balance this out. That's my walk. And this is our work. And that starts to balance in the middle. We need to balance these two out. You know, if we just focus on our walk, one thing I've realized is that it can make us look very good just in our walk. You know, I can waft about these and say, oh, doesn't that make me look good? But it makes us look good, but we can end up becoming statues. God didn't make us to become statues. He made us to become soldiers, to do good. We're at war, and we need to be on the front line and not in the showroom, okay? Timothy says, fight the good fight of faith. Let's absolutely invest in our walk with God because we are not saved by our good works. We are saved by grace, and our identity 
isn't in what we do. Our identity is in Christ. So we have to start with our walk, otherwise we're out of balance. But as soon as we understand how much God loves us, how much he's got for us, and that our identity is in him, then he can release us. Because the work's not important. God's what's important. So our walk keeps our eyes and our hearts to Jesus making us loving and compassionate. But our work keeps our hands and our feet to people expressing that love and compassion that we've found in Jesus' name. So how are your scales doing? How are they balancing your walk and your work? Do you need discovering this morning? Thank you.